today on Laura Lynn and Friends. We just found out last week, Laura Lynn, that Tony Fauci's group, NIAID, just got a $400 million check from Moderna, the vaccine manufacturing industry that they promoted and that they gave patent rights to, to use the spike protein technology to, they're gonna get a percentage of every vaccine sold moving forward in America. Hello everyone and welcome to the beginning of the last days. I'm Laura Lynn Tatter Thompson and I am thrilled to be here with you. I like to start out the day by reading from my dad's Bible that he underlined from stem to stern. He spent his life reading this Bible. I saw him many, many times doing that. I didn't understand that it was so significant because I can't say that before he died that I looked through his Bible to find out, like, let me just give you an example. This is a man that I admire so much. Like, that's one page, okay? It's kind of upside down. But um, that, if, if you can see, there's underlinings in red, in blue. Like, the guy loved this word. And uh, so it makes me feel closer to him. We lost him about a year and a half ago. Uh, he's in heaven. I'm not worried about him. He's looking down and uh, hopefully smiling on what I do. He hasn't always smiled, if you know what I mean. I was a very tough teenager, but um, you can only imagine. Uh, so today in red, he, understand, he, uh, he underlined Ephesians 1 verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? You know what? I don't have much hope in our government. I don't have much hope in the power of uh, our medical authorities right now, but I do have a great hope in the power of the living God to get us through this. And there are some very courageous people. And before we get to our guest today, so Dr. Eric Naputi, we have been watching him for years and this guy is a rock star and he is being sued six ways from Sunday on the very simple information that he puts out. He's going to share a little bit about what he's going through. He is from the States. I know you know him because we used to show his clips nonstop. He came out about lots of great stuff that he's doing, but... Um, I just appreciate him, so we're going to go to that in a minute. But first, I want to talk about something really amazing, and I know that Pierre Polyev's going to be dealing with this, because you know how Pierre Polyev, he, uh, he likes to just, you know, you know, what are you going to do about this government, yes or no, right? We like that. So here, uh, Trudeau government is going to fund 75K of trans surgeries for each federal employee, so, sorry, <clears throat> let's understand this. Um, our tax dollars, Trudeau, it's not only that the anyone who wants to be trans in Canada gets a free operation, right? Like, I actually, um, I identify as a much more attractive woman with a much more voluptuous figure. <laughs> and I would like an operation so that my identity comes in line with how I look. I also feel that my nose is too big. I identify as a much more beautiful person, and I would like that taken care of. So anyways, Trudeau, he, it's not only that we get to have any transgender surgery that we want, it's not only that, but Trudeau is going to now give an, an abundance, 75000 extra to anyone who, um, who needs a trans surgery and is a federal employee. So this is going to cover making sure they got like 
boobs and they're going to get everything they need. Oh, voice, uh, a better voice. You know, if you want a deeper voice or a higher voice, I guess they can alter all of that. Now, here's the thing, everybody. Let's get excited because we have a conservative government in power now. We've got Pierre Polyev and he loves to hold Trudeau to account, right? So Trudeau is going to have to face some pretty severe questioning. What do you think, guys? Do you think that that Polyev's going to tackle this? That the federal employees get seventy-five thousand of our of our tax dollars to become uh, transitioned in a much better and more finessed way than the average citizen? I bet Pierre Polyev's really going to have quite a heart attack over this. And, and I can see him, you know, just asking the, the prime minister, you know, he's going to say, will you stop this pandering to the woke agenda of trans and revoke the abusive use of Canadian tax dollars on an ideology that is not adhered to by most Canadians? Yes or no, Mr. Prime Minister? Just a yes or no. Can you see it? Mm. Ask yourself, everyone. Can you really see our conservative government at this desperate hour in our history actually dealing with this? Good luck. So let's look at one video of Trudeau responding to a question in Vancouver on whether his government will agree to an inquiry on foreign election interference. By the way, Jagmeet Singh, first time I'm on the same page as him. He is asking for there to be an inquiry this could cause the fall of the government. We literally could be facing another election over this because Jagmeet Singh is actually on the same side as me and you today. We do want to know about election interference from China. When we asked our prime minister, take a brief look at what he had to say. The parliamentary committee today will, will be asking government to call a national inquiry, a nonpartisan national inquiry into the issue of, of potential foreign influence into elections. How will, your, how will your government respond to that request? I think one of the most important things to remember is we have an awful lot of mechanisms that are underway right now around uh, determining what kind of foreign interference has happened is continuing to happen and demonstrating the tools we have. Right now, as we're speaking, our parliamentary committee is hearing directly from uh, national security experts uh, and officials as to the work that they've been doing over the past many years to counter ongoing uh, interference. We also know that the National Security Committee of Parliamentarians uh, is going to uh, dig into this question, as they have in the past as well. There are multiple processes ongoing. There are uh, report, a report that just came out, an independent report that just came out on the functioning of the high panel uh, for election interference. But we will continue to do what is necessary to reach those two clear goals that Canadians can expect. First of all, that our agencies and officials and institutions have all the tools necessary to safeguard our democracy and our elections. And two, that Canadians can continue to have confidence, not just in our national security officials, but in the integrity of our democracies. We will continue uh, to work to make sure that that happens.
in the integrity of our democracies. Such a good actor, and yet not really, because nobody believes you. I mean, it's not really a believable thing that you're doing right now. Not at all. Later in the show, after we are done with our guests, we're going to show you a couple clips of the... the it's sort of the panel that, that has gotten together to decide if we have to investigate. And uh, they have more of the same of that nonsense, which is basically wah, 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 wah. So severe election interference. CSIS actually says we had interference in our election. And our prime minister was warned and warned about this. He says nothing. Jugmeet Singh, even now, wants to bring it in. Okay, this is going to be a ride, everybody. And I'm looking forward to it. So we're going to say goodbye right now to uh, our beloved people on Facebook and YouTube. We're asking you to go to over to Rumble right now. Uh, we have the description in the link. And we're very, very sorry that we have to do this. But, you know, we just want to be respectful. And the link is in the description. Want to be respectful of the platforms that choose to talk more about the weather than things that are really concerning to people across the world. So so we're very sorry. Head over there right now. I swear to you, you do not want to miss what is about to happen. So I'd like to introduce to you Dr. Uh, Eric Naputi. And uh, he is also known as one of the most censored doctors in America. He's an unapologetic Christian conservative physician, businessman, freedom-fighting activist, author, international speaker, and medical researcher. Dr. Eric Naputi has spent the last two decades deep in the true healthcare space. Not only does he own 12 of his own medically integrated offices, he is also involved with surgical centers, hospitals, clinical and genetic laboratories, and research organizations all across America. Dr. Naputi is one of the first doctors to, to take a stand against the false narrative and over the political location of COVID-19 and the pandemic. Oh, and that's all coming out, isn't it, right now? Since COVID hit the scene, Dr. Naputi has been traveling the country, educating and inspiring people towards killing the spirit of fear and improving their health and well-being. And I'm also very pleased to say that he is heading to Canada and we are going to, it looks like, all right, uh, Dr. Lance Walnow has just said yes and Dr. Naputi is coming, Dr. Mackis, Dr. Paul Alexander, we are going to have an epic time. So we've got three provinces. Uh, if you want us to come to your province, you're going to have to get in line. But we're going to do BC, Alberta, and Saskatchewan. Uh, so we're hoping to have that all sewn up. We're going to start getting uh, everything out there as fast as we can. And so be prepared, everyone. It is going to be an amazing thing. I do see that Pastor Craig Baroker, I'm on live, Pastor. Uh, he's calling me right now because uh, we're pretty excited that... Uh, that Lance Wall now will be coming our way. So I'll call you after the show. Bless you, brother. And so set that aside in your dates, April 15th, April 13th, April 17th, uh, British Columbia first, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Dr. Eric Naputi, the, the man that I just, uh, Naputi, the man that I just told you about is going to be there. So uh, Dr. Eric, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for standing up. You are so courageous. Like you are, you're not just being sued millions of dollars, but billions of dollars. Laura Lynn, first of all, thank you for having me. I love your program, love what you stand for. I'm really excited to have this conversation today. You're right, yeah, the federal government in the United States of America is suing me currently for $508 billion and my civil crime, just so you know, is I told people to take vitamin D and zinc 
during COVID, which by the way, we now know there's over 130 studies that supports the benefits of vitamin D for COVID. In fact, the latest study showed, I don't know if you saw this, it was 600,000 people were studied out of the VA in the United States of America. John Hopkins researchers said, and I quote, if doctors would have talked about the benefits of vitamin D in 2020, we could have prevented 4 million cases of coronavirus and saved the lives of 116,000 Americans. Laura Lynn, that's one year, one country. Think about the millions of lives that were, were lost because of censorship and suppression of the truth. And I'm standing against the tyranny. It really is sad. And you're absolutely right. Because we didn't have good information, thousands, it's coming out here in Canada as well. Thousands of our senior citizens died. They didn't get early protocols of the stuff that you talk about that would have saved many lives. And you came out really strong. I remember because I'd been on hydroxychloroquine, I was following like, what is this madness over uh, calling hydroxychloroquine some sort of killer drug or whatever? And you were standing strong on it. And you just won my heart right off, right off the bat. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Look, we know, we now know without a shadow of a doubt that people have died because of, first of all, censorship. And second of all, you know, lack of doctors' ability to apply common sense practices in their in their hospital settings or in their offices. Look, we know that early treatment, my, my colleague and friend, Dr. Peter McCullough, says that probably 80% of deaths in the United States could have been prevented uh, or saved by early, you know, treatment with you know, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, zinc, colchicine, all these things. But unfortunately, the governments and their co-conspirators worked hard to suppress that information. And it took us a while to figure that out, why they would do that. Now we finally know, I mean, the, the cat's out of the bag big time. And we know why they ultimately, you know, uh, censored everybody because they would have lost their emergency use authorization and lost their ability to make hundreds of billions of dollars. And you know, there's over $5 trillion that have exchanged hands now during this COVID craziness. And we, the people, unfortunately, are the ones holding the bag and still hurting because of it. Yeah, you know, I'm really fascinated by what you just said. Like, now we know the cat's out of the bag. Um, when did it dawn on you, something's really wrong? You know what I mean? Like, for me, yeah. it's kind of like... Just, just that general feeling like something's wrong and I didn't believe that COVID-19 was going to be as dangerous. I just had that discernment in my spirit. I mean, I, I wanted to get COVID. I was licking stuff. I didn't think it was going <laughs> to harm me, right? But what did, what did worry me is the way that the government was acting, but I didn't understand why. Like, when did it dawn on you as a physician? Like, you had a lot more understanding of these things, of viruses, of protocols, of what, what we could do to help. When did it dawn on you that we're not dealing with something normal here? Well, Laura Lynn, it was two things for me early on at the beginning. And this is at, like literally in the in the winter of 2020 when COVID first came to the United States, when they being the powers that be in our healthcare system said, look, there's nothing that can be done to help yourselves. You get COVID, go home, take a Tylenol. Uh, if your lips turn blue, go to the hospital and get put on a ventilator remdesivir. We're thinking, what are you talking about? There, there are years, decades of, of studies of how we deal with coronavirus. There are six other coronaviruses that we know of. There's a 150-year-old homeopathic remedy of high-dose vitamin D, uh, zinc, vitamin C, and quercetin. In fact, there was a 2010 study that was done by NIH, which is the United States, that's Tony Fauci's organization, and it was funded and, and done by a guy by the name of Ralph Barrick, who was the uh, godfather of gain of function for coronavirus. And he found in 2010 study that showed that zinc 
is an antidote for coronaviruses. That was the first weird thing that bothered me. And then when I started telling people about those uh, you know, possible solutions, how hard the government came and tried to suppress us. Look, they came after my license, my livelihood. They tried to shut down our businesses for telling people that. And then the second thing, Laura Lynn, you know, I'm part owner of a molecular genetics lab and we do PCR testing and PCR testing is a good test for a lot of things, not for COVID-19. And I went to the powers that be in our state in Missouri and said, look, uh, this is early. This is like early spring of 2020. I said, I've got 100,000 PCR tests. Let me set up a drive-through uh, facility in one of our clinics. Um, I'll donate them for free because I wanted to show asymptomatic spread. Laura Lynn, I mean, up until we've known from like, I don't know, 700 BC that asymptomatic spread was not a thing. It's not a driver of viruses and, and pandemics. And I wanted to show people that there's a lot of asymptomatic spread going to take away the fear. And then all of a sudden in 2020, we started telling people that asymptomatic spread was a thing again. And when I was told by our health department that they didn't want to me to run these tests because I wasn't running it on the correct amplification cycle, which by the way, means how many times you blow this test up. If you run it on 20 to 25 amplification, that's the normal PCR to detect virus. If you blow it up above a 30 or a 40, you're gonna have false positives like crazy. And they admitted to us back in the spring of 2020 that they were doing it at a 40 plus amplification. And I said, you guys are gonna have nothing but false positive testing. And that was the end of that conversation. That's Laura when I knew we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities and rulers and die and high, dark, evil places. That was for me when I knew that I had to stand yes. up against this and say, what is going on? Absolutely. Um, and, and so for you, uh, this is like, this has altered the way that we've all uh, lived. This has taken away our safe feeling that the world's a, you know, a, a good and safe place. Many people afraid now to go to the hospitals because they don't have Dr. Napude any Pudi anywhere uh, nearby. They don't have um, a doctor that they can trust. And most doctors now telling people to still get your safe and effective drug. And so we actually did see the era of the loss of our security, you know, we've had to turn and put our hope in God and God alone, but also in hope in hope that courageous people like yourself are getting information out there. So as you have done that, though, you have been uh, taken to task as Dr. Peter McCullough, many others that we have had on the show. And so do you believe that we can win this in the courts or with this evil uh, regime that is in control. I mean, can we fight them based on facts? Because science seems to be at the speed of science, as they say, and not the actual facts of science. Well, it's a really great question. And, and it's a concern that we have as well. I mean, look, this is not about science. They lied to us about masking. They lied to us about social distancing. They lied to us about the safety and efficacy of the vaccines. They lied to us about all this. Even Tony Fauci just recently said here in the United States that he's disappointed in the efficacy of the vaccine programs and they didn't work. These vaccines don't work the way that they originally thought that they would. Listen, this is not about science. It's not about logic. It's not about facts. This is about 
fear. They're trying to fear us. And, you know, they're trying to give us false evidence appearing real to manipulate us. And, you know, we've been telling people how to destroy the spirit of fear for the last three years. And that's to get facts, but it's also to have faith, faith in who you are and whose you are. We're not going to get through this with, you know, a man. This is not going to be flesh and blood fixing this. This is, this is the time for us to stand up and realize that this is a spiritual battle. And I'm hopeful that the courts are going to do the right things. They haven't yet. We've been fighting now for three years. Look, I was supposed to have my trial November of 2022, um, and we were ready to go to trial toe-to-toe with the federal government. They they literally told our judge they're not ready to go to trial with me. They, they then de- uh, delayed the case until March of this year. Then they just told me last week that we're not going to go to trial until August, which is really weird because the law that they accused me of violating called the COVID Consumer Protection Act is going to be null and void May the 11th of this year. So it's in such a weird position that we're in, but the reality is we've got to continue to stand and we've got to scream from the mountaintops about all the wrong that was done. Listen, people died, Laura Lynn, because they lied to us. And look, if we don't stand up about against this, pass legislation, hold people accountable, it's going to happen again. The United States government has just said that they are doubling down on misinformation. And and that is one of the number one priorities of the FDA. And they're going after any doctor or scientist or anyone that dissents from the narrative, even though they lied about safe and effective, even though they lied about you know the 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 excess deaths that they say weren't happening. If we don't hold these folks accountable now, they're going to do the same thing again, Laura Lynn. And I'm an example of why most doctors don't stand up against tyranny. Look, they sued me for half a trillion dollars. I spent $4 million defending myself. They, Five of my banks shut my bank accounts down. The insurance companies stopped letting my patients use their insurance on our practices. They shut down our body's ability to do practice. Uh, they, they, they bankrupt two of our businesses. I mean, it's disgusting. But look, every day I get up and I pray Ephesians over my life and I put on the whole armor of God. And when there's nothing left to do but stand, you stand. And that's what we need. We need more men and women standing because what's really contagious is courage. And that is what's going to save us at the end. Yes, I thank you for for being a leader in that. Um, Deaths in Singapore have hit record 60-year highs after the rollout of COVID injections. And uh, we're seeing this across the world that... Uh, unexplained deaths. They do not yet seem to want to attribute it to the vaccines necessarily, but Ed Dowd was on Tucker Carlson the other night and I watched the entire, uh, you know, almost an hour interview of all of the, you know, the insurance agencies. So do you think that there's any other possible explanation for deaths worldwide, especially in highly vaccinated countries, being able to be attributed to anything other than the vaccine. Laura Lynn, until proven otherwise, the answer is unequivocally no. What what else could it be? It's not COVID-19 because we would have seen that happen in the year 2020. And we're not seeing that. Now we're seeing it. We're seeing it ever since the rollout. Look, here in the United States, we have, depending upon what state you look at, between an 11 and a 13% increase in all-cause mortality not related to COVID-19. And the, the ages that are being affected the most are young, healthy people. I mean, we're talking 25 to 59-year-old individuals that otherwise were healthy, healthy that are dropping dead left and right. And it just blows my mind that we're seeing these deaths come from, well, blood clots, heart attacks, and et cetera. Now we know that those are well-known side effects of these supposed vaccines, but yet they're still not causing a link there. 
And, and by the way, it's a litigious decision. They don't want to admit fault because once fault has been admitted, then fraud can be shown. When fraud has been shown, then they lose their amnesty. They, lo they lose their protection. And that's what they don't want. This is all about liability protection. This is all about following the money and planting the seeds so that they can continue to do this again, which I believe they're going to do it again at the end of 2024 or 2025. That's what at least they've told us. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. We've got to stand up and protect our rights, our future, and our children. I mean, look, look at the deaths that are up in kids. I mean, it's disgusting what's happening. You know, children, children under the age of 19, Laura Lynn, have a 0.0003% fatality rate from COVID-19. And when you compare that to the flu, which is 0.1%, we're looking at this going, kids don't have any risk associated. But yet in the United States, the CDC and FDA just passed these vaccines and boosters for children six months and above in perpetuity, they put them on the child mandatory vaccine schedule, not so that, that they could, uh, you know, save children's lives, but so that they could continue to get immunity and, and amnesty for any wrongdoing done by these vaccines. It's disgusting. It's pure evil. It's demonic. And that's why I say this is not a fight against flesh and blood. This is a fight against principalities and rulers in high dark places. We're fighting evil. We absolutely are. And I appreciate you uh, talking about the kids dying because I think for every mother, that's the worst thing. Uh, did you see a high incidence of COVID hitting kids uh, when you were, you know, uh, tending to patients that had COVID-19? Was it in the kids? Because here in Canada, we've had over 96, and I do have that on a share, I believe, JT, or, or don't I? Um, I... Uh, let me just try to get that. Over 96 uh, Canadian children ages 2 to 19 have died suddenly or unexpectedly um, in the last three months. Dr. Mack is reporting on this, and this has hit uh, us in, in a huge way. We're very upset. So kids aren't dying of COVID, but we, our Dr. Teresa Tam in Canada, same as your Dr. Fauci, basically telling everyone it's safe and effective. We have 96 Canadian children dead um, in the past three months. You know, I want to make sure everybody's clear when I say this. Governments of the world have lied to us before, and there's no reason for them not to lie to us again. This is crazy. More children are dying now after the rollout of the vaccine than before the vaccine came out. So listen, common sense, unfortunately, is not that common in the world. And there, there is a almost like a spell. It's almost like there's, you know, there's, these people are just brainwashed uh, repeating this narrative of safe and effective when the studies don't show that at all. In fact, I'm sure that you know that in the United States, the FDA argued in court, by the way, it was the DOJ, the government who argued in court to suppress the release of the Pfizer documents for 75 years because they didn't want people to know that one out of 800 individuals who got these injections during the rollout of the experiment had an adverse effect bad enough where they had to go see a doctor, go to the hospital to become disabled. This is sad. This is wrong. And look at all these poor children that are have died and who are maimed and are injured the rest of their life. This is not okay. Whenever there's a risk, there must be a choice. And they've taken our ability to choose away from us. They really have. So what do we do now, Dr. Eric? We've got so many people uh, that are, um, you know, I always, uh, I feel bad because uh, some of my family members, some of my loved ones, uh, they've taken the vaccine. Many people, even in the Christian communities, um, I don't even want to get into how upset I am about the pastors who literally sold us out for money to run vaccine clinics in their basements. But anyways, 
Uh, my heart, my sadness is for the good people who thought that they were doing the right thing. They thought um, we're going to, you know, the government says do this for your community. It's a safe and effective vaccine. And they went and did it. And now they're trying to figure out how to avoid being, you know, harmed in the future because we just had something come out where uh, one of the doctors has said that we're looking at 7 million dying in the next few years. Yeah, Laura Lynn, it's an unknown number. All we do know is that something is going on really, really bad and has been since the rollout of these vaccines. Look, think about this. In the United States, when we tried to roll out a vaccine in 1979, it was a vaccine for the for the swine flu. One in 100,000 people had Guillain-Barre syndrome, so they shut it down for one in 100,000 injuries. Uh, then in, in 1999, they tried to wrote out, put out a rotavirus vaccine and, and one in 10,000 people had a problem with it, so they shut it down. Now one in 800 have a severe adverse effect and we're seeing on the vaccine adverse reporting system, you know, thousands and thousands of deaths that are reported secondary to these injections, but yet they still continue to push this false narrative. You know, what do we need to do? We need to continue to stand. We need to understand that this is not logic and reason and rational thinking that we're fighting against. The science is clearly on our side. There's no data that shows that these shots are safe and effective. The CDC even admitted that they lied about the vaccine efficacy studies and the fact that that the FDA passed these shots through uh, without any question is again, uh, it's a revolving door of, of what we have with corruption and nepotism in here in America. You have the same thing in Canada. And so we've got to continue to stand against this. We've got to stand up for what's right. And people ask all the time, what should we do? We need to pray. And by the way, we need to ask for forgiveness. It's time to repent. I will tell you, I spent the last three years pulling my hair out trying to tell people that these are not as safe and effective as you thought and that you should have a, a informed consent, a risk versus benefit option before you get these shots. Look, a lot of doctors were upset with people because they went ahead and got these injections. People were coerced into doing it. People thought they had no choice. People forgot that God gave them free will, not the government. God gave you free will. You're the only person that can, can give your free will away. And unfortunately, many people have. It's time to get your free will back. And look, maybe you've had a problem. You've got a shot. It's hurt you. But you can stop these problems from happening to people in the future. If you took this vaccine and got injured, stand up and let people know. And so we can stop this from happening Again, we've got to pass legislation and we've got to hold these people who have done wrong to us accountable for their crimes. I'd like to know where you found your courage because a lot of doctors are not doing what you've done, which is come out straight up and, and you know, attack the problem. Uh, doctors are contacting me and saying, well, what do we do? Because they're in hiding right now because our government has literally forced every single doctor in Canada to get those vaccines. But so, some are just like skirting it you know, the best they can. They don't know what to do. Um, and they just don't have the courage to speak up. And a lot of doctors still, even though they know it's wrong, they're still handing out those vaccines and still refusing to speak the truth in their offices until once in a while, like a, a friend of mine has recently gotten three doctors because she's facing some real problems after getting her shots. She's gotten three doctors to admit one in tears. I think we've made a huge mistake, but of course that's not what he said until she broached the subject because they're, they're just going along with it at this point. Laura Lynn, to me, this is, this is about, doing what's right and and doing what's right is not always easy and the world has been you know manipulated by men and women not standing up for what's right 
but it's also been made a better place for people who have stood against tyranny. Look, it goes back to the way that I was raised. My mother and my father, but really my mom instilled into me that if you have the ability to do something, son, you have the responsibility to do it. I put my hand on a Bible and swore an oath to first do no harm, and doing nothing is clearly doing harm to individuals. And I'll tell you, the Bible says, fear not, 365 times. So somebody explained to me, why am I supposed to bend my knee and kiss the ring of a government who's tyrannical, who is doing what the devil is doing, who came to kill, to steal, and destroy, when I only have one person, one 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 great savior that I have to bow my knee to, and I only have to answer to him. So whenever I leave this planet, hopefully I've made a difference. And when I get to heaven and my name's written in that Lamb's book of life, and Jesus said, and God says, get in there. You've done a good job, a good and faithful servant. It's because we told the truth and did what was right. And I'm just so saddened because regret, regret is one of the worst things that all of these people now have to look themselves in the face. All these doctors that knew better, the scientists that knew better, the, the, the pharmacists that push these on people. Now they have to look themselves in the mirror every day and say, maybe I was the reason why that person died, or I was the reason why that person is maimed. They have to live with that the rest of their life, Laura Lynn. Exactly right. So these, these as, as you were looking at everything and you saw the rollout of the vaccine, were you concerned that it was happening at this, you know, what's called the warp speed and it was coming out so fast? Were you concerned about that? And did you begin to see early on that there was a problem and that the, these spike proteins, did you understand uh, from your training that we were maybe going to have this, uh, they called it, it this effect where the spike proteins just continue and continue and, yeah. and you know, it eventually destroys your body. Cytokine yes, storm. Lynn, we were very concerned about the rapid rollout of this new technology that's never been rolled out as a supposed vaccine for humans ever before. And the fact that we knew in 2003 when SARS-CoV-1 came to the world and we couldn't get, we being the scientific and medical community, couldn't get a human vaccine to market because we couldn't get it past the, the animal trials because it killed the animals because they had what you said known as antibody dependent enhancement. When these animals were injected with these experimental uh, spike protein mRNA technology in 2007, 2004, it led to uh, liver damage, it led to autoimmune issues, and it led to death of these animals. And so it was never allowed to be done on humans. Well, now we look at a normal vaccine takes anywhere between five to eight to 10 years to get from the time that it's tested all the way to past phase three, you know, into phase three and, and into the marketplace. And when, when doctors were saying things like, Look, it's gone through rigorous testing. The whole idea of long-term testing is it needs to be tested over a long term of time. It's impossible to do long-term testing in 28 days, which is how long Pfizer did their initial study was 28 days, and they unblinded their double-blind placebo-controlled study, which here in America is the supposed gold standard that the FDA says you must have but then why did the FDA allow Pfizer to unblind their studies? Why did they roll this out after only 28 days? And in fact, we knew that spike proteins, which even Dr. Robert Malone, one of the creators of this technology, told the FDA in 2019 that these, this technology could be a neurotoxin to many individuals, but yet the FDA rolled it out without any question whatsoever. 
And then they unblinded the study. I don't think I can impress upon you the importance of the significance of unblinding a study. There's no control group moving forward forever if there's if there's an unblinded group. So the study was null and void. And so, by the way, uh, it's on congressional record. Uh, Congressman um, uh, Thomas Massey said that he even called out the CDC two years ago for falsifying the records in the New England Journal of Medicine. And they said they were going to correct it. And two years later, they still have not. So there's a lot more going on here than just the regular science that I'm used to. That's why I stood up and I'm still standing up today against it. I love it. And what have you thought about the uh, the persona of Dr. Anthony Fauci and his, uh, would you say he's been lying through all of this, uh, making stuff up as he goes and covering his own tracks? What do you think about him? Well, when's the last time Tony Fauci ever saw a patient? He's not a clinician. He's a politician. There's a big difference. He doesn't practice science. He practices political science. And there's a very big difference. Tony Fauci's a liar. Um, he flat out had came out and flip-flopped three or four times on masking, on social distancing, on vaccines, on getting a vaccine even after you've already had an infection, which makes absolutely no sense. He lied about natural immunity, which he already knew about. He lied. Listen, during my discovery, uh, we were able to get emails. Tony Fauci recommends 6,000 international units a day for anyone who's sick with COVID-19. The Department of Defense recommends vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc. So they've lied about everything. Remember, Tony Fauci failed miserably uh, during the, the HIV pandemic. And if anyone has ever watched a, a movie called The Dallas Buyers Club, and there was a, a, a villainous doctor that was in there that was trying to profit off of uh, HIV drugs and using experiments, that was Tony Fauci they were talking about then. And let me remind everyone that Tony Fauci, the supposed doctor of America, has been a doctor here for 50 years. When he first came under the helm of the doctor of the United States, uh, autoimmune diseases were at 12% across the American population. They're now at 54%. He's failed miserably. He's a fraud. He lied on purpose. And oh, by the way, we just found out last week, Laura Lynn, that Tony Fauci's group, NIAID, just got a $400 million check from Moderna, the vaccine manufacturing industry that they promoted and that they gave patent rights to, to use the spike protein technology to. And Tony Fauci and his group, not only did they get $400 million that Fauci's gonna get a big piece of, they're gonna get a percentage of every vaccine sold moving forward in America. Oh, wow. So is, is that the way this is, is that people get kickbacks? You know, we think that that's what's exactly what's happened with our prime minister. He's actually just invested in a, another four, uh, four booster shots per Canadian. And we don't even have like the world's greatest take on, on these vaccines. I think it's 80% they're saying, if you can believe it. Um, but he's invested more. And we think that there's no more use, like the third booster's down, people are really deciding not to take it, but we keep uh, investing in vaccines. And I think that it's the kickback. So Do uh, Dr. Fauci's probably become a very wealthy man. Look at Biden even, we don't even know how he's got so much money now from all the, you know, it's just a lot of inner dealings. It's disgusting. You're 100% right. It's inner dealings, it's money laundering, it's kickbacks. It's it's absolutely illegal. What they're doing is illegal for doctors like myself to do. And by the way, rightly so it should be. You should not be incentivized by finances to determine what medications or anything you tell or give your patient. And that's clearly what happened. Look, 
Moderna, who Fauci and NIH and NIAD promoted at the beginning of this as the supposed front runner for the supposed best vaccine out there, prior to 2020 was going bankrupt. They never put out a vaccine ever on the market. And then Fauci and his group gave them over $2 billion to R&D and develop a, a, you know, an mRNA technology vaccine. And now they had a lawsuit over the patents of who owned it. And now Moderna had to pay $400 million to NIAID. And Fauci promoted those shots and said that there were no other alternative solutions out there. He protected the emergency use authorization, which if they would have recognized a lot of people don't know this, Laura Lynn. If, if they would have recognized, um, you know, uh, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, zinc as a potential safe and effective treatment for COVID-19, the vaccine manufacturers would have lost their emergency use authorization. They would have had to gone all the way back to the drawing board and um, they, would have, they would have not been able to make hundreds of billions of dollars. And one of the uh, criteria that was granted in the emergency use authorization was there could not be a recognized therapeutic treatment prevention or mitigation for COVID-19. If there was, the whole program would have been scrapped. That's why Fauci and the powers that be went so hard against individuals like myself and other doctors that talked about safe and effective therapeutics that are out there that, by the way, are used now as a standard of care for COVID-19 across the globe that has a very much higher success rate than anything else that's been put out there under the emergency use authorization that we can see on paper. Naomi Wolf uh, came out fairly early talking about some of the harms that were, uh, you know, on women, uh, breastfeeding women, and also carrying babies and some of the spontaneous loss of pregnancies that was happening after getting the shots. Uh, is that something that you witnessed and were you following along and tracking along with the science on that? And do you think that, I mean, never before, I was reading an article, never before have we so been so uncaring about the unborn that we would just simply offer this to mothers and thereby affecting babies. Yeah, I think it's interesting that people question, you know, the vitamins and nutrients they put in their body on the quality and efficacy of them. But when they open up a vaccine pack and insert and they don't know what's in it, they don't know the side effects, they don't know the risk, they just put it in their body without any concern whatsoever, that makes no sense. And, and not only was I following Dr. Naomi Wolf's work, but Dr. James Thorpe, who's a colleague of mine, is a, a OBGYN that specializes in you know high-risk pregnancies. And he was showing us the data from the, you know, obstetrics and gynecology uh, reports that were out that are showing massive amounts of miscarriages, spontaneous uh, uh, remissions and abortions, showing us the risk that are there for, you know, these babies. And what's wild is Pfizer and Moderna, the agencies that supposedly did these studies, they didn't really reveal the long-term effects of their animal trials. And what we now know is that the pups from the rats that were studied had damages and defects on the next generation downstream. This mRNA technology is dangerous. And remember when they told us that mRNA doesn't go into your DNA and change how your body responds? Well, that was a lie. In fact, the, the Journal of Heptology in 2022 in April showed that, yeah, you know, when you get these injections that, that they travel through the liver and they translate and transcribe from RNA to DNA, and that's how your body uses this. We don't know when that shuts off. The studies were not done on humans on the next generation. 
Now, unfortunately, we're seeing the negative consequences of, you know, breast milk being bad and next generation of injuries. And we just don't know what's going to happen generations to come. And that's really, really sad. And it's really scary as well. Wow. So I'm interested in what you just said. So you're saying that when they were doing the studies, and of course they only did it on the animals, and we we know that in Pfizer, I think some of the animals, they died and all kinds of stuff. But on on next generation babies, uh, there there was problems. And so we actually have no idea what we're in for then. Correct. And we're starting to see that other doctors, independent scientists are now doing studies on animals to see second, third and fourth generation problems. And we're seeing them, but we're seeing them in the human population already. And we don't know how severe it's going to be. But I mean, if you go back and look at some of the there there was a famous study called the Pottinger cat studies, which basically said this. It said, if two healthy cats have a baby together, the baby's most likely going to be healthy. If a sick cat and a healthy cat have a baby together, there's a higher chance of sickness to be there. If two sick cats have a baby together, the chance of that baby being healthy is very slim to none. We're now seeing generations of sicker and sicker people reproducing together. And now these mRNA technologies are causing more harm. That's why autoimmune issues are on the high. Cancers on the rise. All these miscarriages and and deformities are happening. That's why we should have had three to five to eight years of studying this before we just put it out there. I mean, my gosh, there are certain vaccines that expectant mothers are not allowed to have already, uh, but but all of a sudden they can throw these experimental mRNA shots on them without any studies that prove that they're safe and effective for the mom or the offspring. It's just absolutely insane. And, and it's really insane that the health and wellness and medical world just went along with the hook, line, and sinker without much pushback at all. It really is. And I, I, you know, I, I wonder what it's like for you to sit there maybe on an evening after you've, you know, sort of put your feet up and, and you're resting and maybe you're watching a news clip about yet another athlete who has suddenly died or you're getting more word of some of these deaths that are happening. Uh, that must be very impacting on you. You've been screaming about this from the beginning and now it's almost a powerless feeling, but they actually... They, they force people, either you get this, this shot or you die. Either you get this shot or your child can't be in, in soccer. So lots of kids then got the shots. Tim Hortons, which is a, a national coffee, play, a place we love to get our Cana- good Canadian coffee, said that kids couldn't go to summer camp unless they had the shot. What you face litigation for, you know, for how you have stood up, but... At what point do some of these organizations have to face um, being held accountable for what they forced others to do in getting the shot? Well, that's a really great question. And I will tell you here in the States, and I know Canada as well, there are countless numbers of lawsuits that have been filed against businesses, against governments, against, I mean, even against the vaccine manufacturers and then some, and it's, they're, they're making their way through the court system. By the way, the court system is too slow. This is horrible. And we really hope that they're going to have some favorable wins. However, we the people are the ones that should be able to vote on this. And we need to stop spending our money on organizations that are going to force us to do things that we don't agree with. And and, and that's like what we're doing in America. There's There's a huge switch that's happening right now 
to shopping local and taking our money away from big box stores. And, and I'm glad that I'm part of a movement that's helping people switch towards that. Uh, that idea that, that we need to start voting with our money and not participating. Listen, the reality is this, is these cultural woke organizations that are just following the narrative, they've been getting government subsidizations from United States, Canada, and governments alike. If we don't vote with our money to them, they're going to follow what we want to do. At the end of the day, these corporations are there to make money. And a lot of these corporations we now know got payoffs uh, to provide this narrative. We know that organizations got subsidized subsidizations from the United States government to perpetuate certain narratives. That money now is running out. And if we, the people say, we're not going to go back to these big box stores, they're going to change their tune really quick because at the end of the day, these companies have proven the only thing they care about are profits. They don't care about you or me, our country, our economy, or anything. It's all about money. So stop supporting them. And by the way, continue to press lawsuits, stand up. We've got to fight these. Eventually, we're going to win a few of them, and there will be precedent that's set, and then it'll open the floodgates for you know uh, reconciliation, which I hope comes sooner than later. Yeah, well said. And I think people are starting to form these alternate societies. So don't don't pay the big box stores, but you know pay local Joe Blow who stayed open uh, during the pandemic or is you know, favorable to our way of thinking and supportive. I think that we're all beginning to do that. We're very sad to see people like Justin Bieber. He's canceled his his tour. Um, I like him. I, I know uh, his mom is a, a Christian, a strong Christian, and he's got some amazing worship songs out there. But he's having to cancel after he had something happen to the side of his face. And everybody's so hesitant to say, well, you know, but we knew that he had had the shot and then it happened and they have a whole new name for what he's going through. But we're going to begin to see some of this harm. But what we can do, and I like what you're saying, is we can support one another. We can support the communities. Uh, get your kids out of school if you don't like what the schools are teaching. We, we see what's going on in your United States of America and it's pretty close to being that bad here. In some ways, it's worse with the... Um, the transgender issue, but, um, you know, we need to get our kids out of schools. We need to support the local businesses that, uh, are supportive of our way of thinking. We need to support doctors like yourself. Doctors like you should have a full slate and not be running out of patients anytime soon because of what you've stood up for. And I hope that's happening. Yeah, it, it, it is. What's sad is, I mean, it's just so sad. We, we, I don't ever want to say, I told you so, but we told right. people. We warned them about what was going to happen. And now we're just sitting back and we're seeing it happen. We told people that it's going to be six to 12 months after the rollout. We're going to see massive deaths two years later, potentially three years later, because that's what the data, that's what the real science has showed us. And look, I don't know what to say other than look, it goes back to not everybody got on the ark. You know, Noah told everybody, he warned them. He said, listen, you need to repent, follow our ways, do what we're asking you to do. And they laughed at him. They called him crazy. They ridiculed him. And then it started raining. And let me tell you something, we're past the rain. It's flooding now. And unfortunately, not everybody's going to get on the ark. And that's where we're at right now. Yes, sir. Uh, Dr. Namputi, you are just such a hero to us. And I am so thrilled to finally get to interview you and to know that you will come to Canada. Everyone out there, begin booking the dates, April 13th in uh, Vancouver area. Then we got Calgary on the 15th, the 17th 
It is going to be spectacular. We're so grateful to you. We are so ready to hear what you have to say, and we are going to treat you really well here. You're going to love our Canadian back bacon, and uh, <laughs> and and we're just so glad that you'd take time out of your schedule to do that. Thank you for what you've done. I, I do mean like a heartfelt, heartfelt thank you, because from the beginning, we were so confused, and some courageous people began to emerge out of the mist of confusion, and you were one of them. Yourself, Dr. Zelenko, people like this were just like, we hung on every word you said. You saved us, and we appreciate that you're continuing to fight, and we're sorry about the, the problems you face, but it, we believe you're going to be vindicated and full it, it'll just go away. We, we pray for that for you. Laura Lynn, thank you. Thank you so much for those kind words. Look, it's real simple. Some of us were chosen to stand and we decided to heed that call. And here we are. Not only have we stood the test, we're going to continue to stand. And I thank you for the opportunity to be here. I look forward to seeing you soon in Canada and keep up the great work yourself. You are a light in the darkness. Thank, thank you, you for who you are. Thank you, sir. See you again. God bless. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, some days, you know, my day just gets made by sitting here with you guys. Hope you all got your coffee. You're kicking back and you're going, wow. Like, men like that, can you imagine? It's bad enough you get sued for millions, okay? Uh, doctors are facing that, but imagine when it turns into billions and you start getting charged, you know, uh, how much was it per, per incidence that he had done? It was like $40,000 $40, per incidence of every time he'd mentioned zinc or whatever. Um, you know, so God bless the people who are standing. I am so incredibly, so thankful. And I appreciate your letters as well. Uh, those of you who've been through the, the fire. And you know, this has been a fire. We, we've been through something that is hard to describe. And we're getting through it. Without knowledge, the people perish. So we're getting knowledge and we're understanding it. Um, I want to go to a couple of clips so you understand what's going on in Canada right now because pretty serious. Uh, Jagmeet Singh is calling out the government wanting that inquiry into election fraud. So here we have this, the CSIS director refusing to answer questions about election interference by the CCP when actually he had... I mean, CSIS has clearly is the one who's been calling for an investigation and did not want one of the uh, liberal MPs instated because they saw CCP interference in the election. But once you get him on the stand, listen to this Mamsie Pamsie answer. Uh, February 24th, 2023, Sam Cooper of Global News reported that three weeks before the 2019 election, CSIS officials gave an urgent briefing to senior aides in the Prime Minister's office, warning them that a Liberal candidate, who is a sitting Liberal MP now, had received assistance from Beijing's Toronto consulate in his nomination campaign. Uh, what are the names of the PMO aides who were briefed? Uh, Madam Chair, as I uh, just indicated, uh, we'll have to review the uh, the list of uh, the and the dates of such briefings. 
Um, it will be important to uh, remind uh, colleagues that, you know, I will, uh, or this committee, I should say, that uh, the, uh, I, I do not take the premise of that, the, the, the question at face value. Uh, I need to be able to uh, provide information respecting the, the proper uh, classification of the information. So uh, that the, the spirit of that, uh, of that question will be answered through the consolidated response. And, uh, and to that end, uh, did, did uh, CSIS brief the Prime Minister? Uh, CSIS, as I mentioned. No, 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 uh, but, but specifically in relation to what I, the, the 2019 circumstances surrounding uh, a Liberal candidate and Beijing's consulate in Toronto assisting his, him, him and his nomination campaign. So maybe, Madam Chair, on that question, uh, I think it's important to, um, to put in context that information that is in, in the public domain uh, may or may not be coming from uh, from the service or from other agencies. Uh, there's been uh, indeed uh, information that is now reported by the media, uh, and um, it is not because the information is in the media that I'm at liberty to uh, confirm or deny the specific nature of classified information. So uh, along these lines, I will not be able to to provide okay. a specific answer to uh, I, I that allegation. <laughs> Oh, the dancing begins, doesn't it? Oh, we just we just really can't tell you. National security, why we can't tell you who we briefed. Okay, so let's look at this one then. When uh, PM Trudeau's national security advisor, Jody Thomas, is responding to alleged leaks of CSIS documents, and her big concern after, uh, you know, figuring out that we've got a problem. She just wants to know who the leaks are from. She wants to get the leaker. You know, it's kind of like finding out that there, there's uh, been a theft in your organization. And instead of being angry at the theft, you want to find out um, who's snitching on the, the thief, right? I mean, it makes no sense. Take a look. We in the public service are the guardians of protected information. Uh, we share information to those people who have security clearances or are in roles of uh, authority where they can make decisions. Uh, the unlawful sharing of information and the inappropriate sharing of information, I believe, um, jeopardizes our national security. It jeopardizes institutions and it puts people at risk, both employees and subjects of investigations at unnecessary risk. Uh, and it's very concerning. I'm not going to speculate on the motivations. <laughs> I'm not going to speculate on why CSIS would be uh, letting it leak that we tried to warn of, of Chinese interference in the elections. Uh, you know, I, I'm not even going to speculate on that. And, you know, this has to be kept top secret. Oh, really? Well, so when you tell the Prime Minister that there has been a breach, we believe, as CSIS... We believe there's been a national security breach and we should not be having one of our MPs that just won put in because of some shenanigans going on. And her problem is who leaked that? Not that we've got a problem. Justin Trudeau should have been the leak. He should have been the one saying, we've got a problem. I'm sorry, we're going to have to stand down on our candidate. That's how it should have gone. Of course, he didn't do that. So uh, MP Julian, now is this Julian? No. Oh, yes. Pierre Trudeau Foundation 
uh, is very kindly going to return $200,000 donation after the Globe and Mail's story on foreign interference recently. It's kind of like, oh, 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 okay, you've, you've got a problem with that. You know what? We'll give the money back. We'll give the money back. Everybody calm down. There's nothing to see here. Nothing's going on. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Oh, you thought that was a problem? <laughs> it's not a problem because we've, we've actually given the money back. We wrote the check this morning. They have it in their bank account. So not our problem anymore. No, there was no, there was no donation from <laughs> somebody in the Chinese world. <sighs> no, everything's fine. All right. MP Julian. And is he the one he's from New Westminster? All right. He's our, was our MP in New, in New Westminster. Um, asks CSIS director about Russian state actors backing the Freedom Convoy Trump Brexit. Of course, he's NDP. Whatever. <gasps> Donald Trump was elected. There was a lot of interference by Russia. The same, with, the same, the same occurred with Brexit in the United Kingdom. And we had the convoy, as it was called, here in Canada. And we know that Russia was involved in that. So what lessons can we draw from our partners on that, and how can we apply them in Canada? We talk about interference where the diaspora of uh, people from other countries is concerned, but also with, within Canada, like the convoy. Thank you. Madam Chair, if I may, there were a few aspects that were mentioned uh, that don't match the information that I have, uh, including foreign interference in the convoy activities. That's not the information I have, but I can address less. <laughs> That's not the information he has. Russian collusion, Russian collusion. Yes, it is. No matter how much things are debunked or whatever, they're going to do this. Let me tell you something. The Freedom Convoy, uh, barring all of this nonsense, uh, they've got four prisoners in Alberta uh, that have been kept without a trial endlessly. And the treatment um, is not okay. And we've got still people's bank accounts frozen, trials going on regarding the Freedom Convoy. What that was, was an, it was the Canadian people in outrage over the loss of their personal autonomy and being able to choose whether an experimental shot would be forced into their body or lose their job or not get to eat at restaurants, or uh, their kids can't be in sports, or they can't cross the border. That's what this was about. This was a massive movement, and millions of Canadians, millions supported all of it. Every person that lined up along the roads as the Freedom Convoy went to Ottawa, every one of those people probably represents another 100, 200 people. So then you just times it exponentially on how many people actually supported this. Uh, there was supposedly 2 million people in that downtown core of Ottawa the day, the, the, that first weekend. Like, these are people who understood the fight for freedom. And so never underestimate that as they put out and roll out all of their garble. And uh, Julian, uh, Mr. Julian is just, uh, he's just one of, another one of those woke 
NDP people trying to call out everything. Well, uh, Hershey's Canada has gone woke. And uh, just wondering if, you know, women are okay with basically erasing themselves. This is an interesting video. My name is Faye Johnstone. I'm the executive director of Wisdom to Action. We can create a world where everyone is able to live in public space as their honest and authentic selves. See the woman changing how we see the future at Hershey's Canada. Yes, except see, you're not a woman at all. I can tell by your voice. Now, they're getting so good that they're changing people's voices, which is why the prime minister's all behind getting these, you know, anyone who wants to work for the, the federal government and have a trans transition into the opposite gender. They want to help you get a better voice. They want to give you bigger boobs. They want to just help you do the whole thing really, really well. I don't know what, what you know, women changing to guys. Do you get muscles implanted into your arms so that you've got a better, you know, or a six pack? I don't know. But they're going to give you $75 of upgrades from what you normally get if you decide that you want to transition. That's per person in the federal government. So I don't get it. I don't see how that's okay. And as I said, I'm just really looking forward to how... Um, uh, how Pierre Polyev is going to stand up to this abuse of using our taxpayer dollars to give extra transitional measures to people. I can't wait to hear him stand up for that. Um, so in Singapore, uh, there was, oh, we've already done that, right? We did that with, uh, with uh, Dr. Naputi. Okay, so I want you all to remember this, that we have got an amazing conference tour that's coming up. April 13th will be in the Vancouver area. Uh, April 15th will be in Calgary, Alberta. April 17th will be in Saskatchewan. We are going to have more of the details. Everything's getting booked. Uh, Mr. Lance Wallnow has been uh, gracious enough to say he's going to come. And I'm so excited. You guys know I love Lance, right? I mean, he is funny, but he's also so in touch with what is going on right now, with the spiritual dimension of it, with the discernment of what's happening. And he always seems to, he always seems to nail it right, right? It all started when uh, he knew that uh, Trump was going to be in the presidency. Now, whether you agree with Trump or not, it's not it, okay? Lance had a word from God before anybody, and he basically knew that Mr. Trump was going to be in the White House and the president, and he got flack from everybody. I mean, the prophets mocked him. The pastors were upset about it. People were like, what? You can't have this heathen going into... Who is Trump? You know, he's, he's had three wives. Um, so... So they weren't for it, and but Trump had a word. I, I mean, uh, Lance Wall now had a word from God, and so he stood on that and uh, kind of put himself on the map in that way. And he also talks about the seven mountains. He also talks about revival coming at this time, and uh, he is—he's just on the cusp of everything good. So we're gonna have Dr. Naputi is gonna be there. So my website is lauralyn.tv. Thank you very much for joining us today. If you would be willing to do something awesome. Would you help to support us to, to make these conferences happen, to make sure we meet all of the bills that are going to be involved? Will you help us go to the donation site there and um, bless us? If you, if you are able, not if you're going through a hard time and you got nothing, 
Don't worry about it. But would you pray? And if you got lots of money and you could help us, would you also pray? And then would you make a donation? That would mean the world to us because we know God takes care of us. We're not worried about whether it's man, um, you know, and that, you know, if we've got like the funds and, and, you know, we're all stressed out about it. It's not going to be like that. We're just going to trust the Lord because we know that God's in charge. We also want to um, let you know that we are talking about money these days. And um, if you would like to invest in something concrete like gold and silver, we recommend, we recommend Steve Merrill at Sovereignize at ProtonMail.com. A lot of people making decisions to not hold a lot of cash right now because everyone's saying that we're in a position where you're creating money out of nothing, literally printing dollars, and that it's not sustainable and sooner or later. So we've got China and Russia, I believe now, going back to a, and, and have a, a gold standard and China's been buying up all the silver and gold as much as they can get their hands on. And they're backing their dollars with that, while the United States and Canada, a long time ago, left having their money backed. What is your paper? What do you think your money's backed with? So in Canada, the day they decide, oh, they're calling in the loans, we're in trouble, apparently they can, you know, 30% and up of your money, they can literally, sorry, we're hanging on to it right now. You don't get it. So you will only have 30% of whatever you've got in the bank. So I don't want to scare anybody. I'm just saying what the people in the know are warning people of. So for JT and I, we've decided our little bit left over, we're going to invest into precious metals because it's tangible. And apparently... Once there's a fall of the, this fiat currency, there's going to be a sudden rise in, in the value of precious metals. So thanks for joining us today. I would like to leave you with a word. Is there anything else I'm supposed to do, JT? Oh, you were just flicking your hand. You were dancing. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Um... In the night, Galatians 5, staying in my room. Let me just see if I can go to that. Amen. God is good. Galatians 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, tolerance, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace. You got a lot of that going on. You can always tell if you're walking in the spirit, if you've got those things emanating from you. And when you don't, you kind of have to take a step back and go, wow, what's going on? Just think about it. This is like the thermometer. I call it the thermometer of your spiritual walk with God. When you are intolerant, when you do not have uh, self-control, when you do not have patience, that's a sign that you need to spend a little bit more time with Almighty God because the fruit of the Spirit, and you know which ones I love? The first three, the best, love, joy, and peace. I wanna be full of love. I wanna be full of joy and peace. And let's face it, we don't feel loving when we're attacked. 
We don't feel joyful when we've got to deal with some stuff that is uncomfortable. And when people irk us and get on our nerves, our last nerve, right? We don't feel joy when we see the world and our government acting in a way that is not good and is bringing damnation and God's wrath on our country. Because I do believe we're in a season of God's judgment on Canada. Literally, God's judgment. What is God to do with a nation who will not even, will not even talk about what's happening to the unborn? God has made every one of those 100,000 babies in our country. The 100,000 babies that die every year and no one talks about it. Politicians won't bring about something for the protection of the unborn. Not in any matter. What is God to do with a nation that will not stand up for his righteousness? Do we think that we win because we get Trudeau out? Is that it? Is that all that will make God happy? If God's watching, does he care if Trudeau's in or not? I think he does. Does he care that Trudeau gets dumped and you're still a nation that does not honor him, does not protect the unborn, does not protect children in school from ideologies that are harmful? That's actually his heart. So if we ever have a leader that won't protect that, even more so than the money, you know, God's going to be able to take care of his people monetarily. I do believe that. But the heart of God is that we would have righteousness here. May we walk with his fruit so that we have love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, despite the circumstances. See you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.